What's up, manga fans? It's your boy, the Hollywood Kid, back at it again on the Weird Science Manga and Anime Podcast. Ooh la la, moving up in the world. Oh my goodness. Yes, me and Jim are, uh, well, more really Jim. I say me and Jim, but like this is, this is Jim's, nefarious Jim's plan for a global podcast, manga podcast domination, really. He wants to take over the whole market, not just in France, but across the globe. Oh my goodness. And that includes talking about anime. Uh, because what's better than just the pictures, but the moving pictures? Am I right? The talkies. Those are the type of movies that uh, Jim likes to watch. Them old-timey movies. Yes, indeed. But uh, this is... The Hollywood Kid, your boy, back at it again. But this is Luke flying solo, back at it again, for another episode of Luke's Like That Manga, Read This Manga, with the hashtag Like That Legion, bada bing, bada boom. You know how we do it here. This is the show where we take a look at whatever manga that we were talking about on the Weird Science Manga Monday Patreon episode, Early Access, on the Weird Science Manga Patreon the full Manga Monday experience, 14 extra episodes. And one of those episodes will be the one that we just talked about this week. Friend of the show, Monty's pick, Goblin Slayer. Oh my goodness, that was not PG friendly. Oh jeez, Monty, we gotta have a talk about what you're reading. Oh boy. But yeah, it, it was, uh, me and Jim, uh, me and Jim certainly had, uh, a couple of opinions on it oh boy uh, but i think ultimately it was a interesting read yeah yeah let's go with interest there we go all that fantasy shenanigans stuff that that jim can't get enough of all that dungeons and dragons stuff and it all goes over my head oh boy and it's going to continue to go over my head uh right now because we're we're going to talk about another fantasy series uh for the recommendation this week because we take a look at a manga that you might like if you liked Goblin Slayer, less uh, of the gratuitous scenes, gonna keep it a little bit more PG friendly. Although this is a this is a signing book, so there is some naughty language and stuff here. Oh my goodness! Uh, but yes, it is another fantasy series that we're looking at, uh, and also I think for the first time as well on on the history on the lineage of the weird science manga. An anime podcast network. Uh, it's our first time going into Isekai Town. But really, I mean, like, if you're in Fantasyland, Isekai Town is just a hop, skip, and a jump away, if we're being honest. Uh, but yeah, this is our first time covering Isekai, which is interesting because we'll get into it. But, but I'm not really an Isekai, if you know what I mean. Oh my goodness, those are the jokes. Uh, but I mean, we're, we'll get into it. We'll, uh, talk about it. Have a discussion, you and me, dear listener. Oh my goodness, that's what it's all about. But we'll jump right into it. This is a manga, like Goblin Slayer, based originally off a light novel. One of them books with the real words. It also has an anime adaptation. Also a dark fantasy. Also a signing. Uh, oh my goodness, uh, the only thing it's missing is... <laughs> is, uh, you know, the type of things that we don't like to be talking about here on podcast, you know, crazy, crazy stuff with goblins and shenanigans like that, and you, you don't want to be talking about that, but uh, it is also an isekai, and it is known as Overlord. I keep on saying Overload in my head, but it's Overlord. Oh my goodness. So yes, this is Overlord, uh, original story by Kuganye Maruyama. And manga art for this specific manga adaptation by 
Hugin Matama. Bada bing. Yes, so Overlord, originally based on the light novels, uh, also made into an anime. uh, And now we're looking at the manga version of it. Interesting. Now, Overlord is an isekai, uh, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who might not know what an isekai is, it's the type of genre that you get in manga and anime where uh, it's, uh, you know... Going into another world, reincarnated as as the best baker in town, in Fantasyland. It's where the person from Earth is transported and has to survive in another world such as fantasy, virtual, or a parallel universe. That's what Wikipedia says. So that's the type of thing we're dealing with here. Uh, and I'll just be on Front Street. You know, we like to keep it honesty is the best policy. I'll turn the chair around and get serious. Uh, because this is my show, and I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to turn the baseball cap around sometimes. Oh my goodness. But Isekai is not necessarily my cup of tea, if we're being brutally honest. Oh no. Uh, and I understand there's a big market for it. But I'll tell you why it isn't. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, you know, pretty much, if we're being honest, fantasy, not really my shtick. Uh, I know Jim, Nefarious Jim himself, he does enjoy the fantasy types the the dungeons and the dragons and all that good stuff but for me it kind of all goes over my head all the the mages and the wizards and the wizards and the magic types you know you know how it is Uh, and so that's one element so i'm already kind of off the rails but the main thing with isekai and i do understand when i say this i am tarring a whole genre under the one brush but a lot of the times what you get is this loner dude this this antisocial type, this shut in type who who hates everything. Uh, he's 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 no good, and he thinks society's out to get him, and he doesn't have any friends, and he's he's just the worst. And we live in a society and all this jazz, uh, and then he ends up getting run over by a bus or a truck or uh, hit by a plane. One of them things. He he ends up getting. Iced, and then he wakes up in Fantasyland, as you do. And guess what? He is just the best guy in Fantasyland campus. He's just the greatest. He's got the magical socks that can make him do the superpower stuff. He's amazing. He can he can do anything he he can try. Oh, he's just the best. He's the best baker in town. He's amazing. And the men want him. Ladies want him. They all want him. He's the, he's the best guy in Fantasyland campus. We all know this. And of course, he's then going to get his his little harem of all the pretty ladies who can't get enough of him. And it's all just this kind of wish fulfillment malarkey. You know what I mean? You know, it gets, you see one of them, you see them all. You know, it gets a little tiresome sometimes. Uh, and, you know, not really my cup of tea, if we're being perfectly honest. But... Like I said, that's being wildly uh, dismissive of the genre. There's a lot of different types. We got the likes of Ascendants of a Bookworm. That's about a, a book nut waking up in fancy land. And then that's you got also uh, the So I'm a Spider, So What? That's about waking up as a spider, not as the best man in fancy town. So, you know, there's some variety there. Variety is the spice of life. Uh, and I will say that they, uh, the Isekai titles always have the best names in manga. They always have super wacky names that me and Jim do enjoy quite a bit. But uh, we'll get into it anyway. I mean, I've I've tried a couple of Isekai and I could never really get into them. Uh, I read a bit of I read a bit of Reincarnated as a Slime, 
that was one of them. And not really my cup of tea. I hear with a lot of these isekai, a uh, friend of the show, Monty, was telling me that uh, the manga isn't necessarily the way to go when it comes to doing business with the isekai. Maybe you'd be better off going with the original light novel format or you'd be better off trying out the anime. But the manga is usually uh, not the preferred way of of getting into business. But this is a manga podcast. So that's the type of business that we'd be doing here. So we're going to nonetheless see see what we're getting into. Okay, so we have Overlord here, published by Yen Press, as well as the light novels. You can get the light novels and the manga adaptation from Yen Press. Now, this is our first time doing a Yen Press title uh, on the Like That Manga Read This Manga show. And Yen Press is great. They publish a lot of good stuff, not just the isekai stuff, a bunch of romance, slice of life, all types of shenanigans, good stuff. Uh, the only thing is, on their website, you, they don't have that little nice free chapter, free first chapter feature. Uh, so it's, it's a little harder to pick recommendations out from them. Uh, we're reading it from volume one here. But I'll tell you what you can do, savvy customer that you are, dear listener. You can uh, head on over to your Amazons uh, or your digital storefronts, perhaps. Maybe your bookwalkers or your comicsologies. And they've got a cheeky little preview for your viewing pleasure. Oh my goodness. And that's the way you're doing business. Uh, and then you can check out what I'm talking about. Well, at least the first couple of pages. And the first couple of pages are pretty nice. As we're about to find out, because we're about to jump into them. Ayo. So we have here, episode one. The the weird thing about this already, it's thrown me off. It doesn't have titles. They're called, the chapters are called episodes. It's like the TVs in the books. I'm confused. But we have here episode one. We see uh, um, a barren wasteland, a uh, war torn, and there's angels with, with swords, flaming swords. And we see a few days ago, uh, the angels charging. Then this dude takes off a mask and he's got a skeleton and a glowing eye, kind of like Goblin Slayer with the glowing eye. The man I used to be died. Oh, jeez. It's Overlord. Episode 1. We get a nice little splash page with all the characters. All the characters. And let me tell you, most of the times when we get these color splash pages, you're like, oh, cool. These are the cast that will be gradually introduced over the course of the story, over the course of proceedings. No, not this time. Yeah, strap yourself in because we're about to get introductions for every one of these dudes. And I'm going to forget all their names. Oh, no. But yes, we go in. We are in a, an apartment complex. Uh, we see this dude in his VR headset. Future, future headset. He's playing the PlayStation 7. Oh, my goodness. And he says the DMMO RPG stands for Dive Massively Multiplayer Online Role-Playing Game. And he's logging in. And among all the various DMMO RPGs, one of them stood out among the crowd. Uh, and that is called Yggdrasil, which I think means like hell or something in Greek. I don't know. <laughs> all these fancy with their fancy talks. It's, it's all going over my head already. Ah, oh, jeez. What we have here in this game, this, this was the big, you know, this is the likes of the, the, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons Online. What's it called? World of Warcraft. You see, the Goblin Slayer was about the Dungeons and Dragons. This is like the World of Warcraft. Club Penguin with Swords for you and me. For the uninitiated. Yes. Uh, and the cool thing about Yggdrasil was that you could 
you could go wild in the customization options. It was like The Sims. And you know, I do like a bit of The Sims. You can customize everything. The characters, the items, their residences, everything. Oh my goodness. So it was, it was huge. Everybody was loving it. Uh, and the place where he's playing right now, our protagonist here, the place where he's, he's currently presiding, his residence that they created, uh, the great tomb of Nazarick. It was built by 41 friends who united their strengths in the headquarters of Ains Ul Gaon. Oh my goodness. Ains Ul Gaon. That is the name of the, uh, the guild that these 41 members were from. And the, the specific thing about this guild was that you had to be uh, an adult, a working adult, and you had to place grotesques where these kind of powerful monsters in these games. And so it was, it was Boomer Crew here. Okay, Boomer, wait, you're playing your games. I mean, imagine this is Jim logging on to play Pong on his, on his Super Nintendo uh, back in the day. I don't know what he's doing, but this is, this is what they were at. And they built this little super clubhouse in the fort, you know. Oh my goodness. In an era where there were thousands of these guilds, uh, Ains Ul Gaon was one of the top ones. All the boobers were really shaking up this uh, DMMO world. Oh my goodness. But unfortunately, 41 strong back in the day. Today, not so hot. We have our protagonist here. He's just logged on. He is the guild master. He's the skeleton-looking dude that we saw at the start. Uh, but he's sitting around his round table, mighty lonely. He's the only one there. Uh, but there's one other person that logs on. Another one of these slime monster yokes. And he's kind of noticing that, you know, time has time has changed. The world has moved on. Uh, and that's all in the past. All their, bu- their 41 buddies. It's just them two now. And they're talking about how this is the last day. Yggdrasil's servers are open. It's about to shut down. RIP Club Penguin. This is all going down now. Uh, and they're just kind of reminiscing, you know? And, and they're saying, I'm surprised this, uh, this great guildmaster tomb of Nazarick even exists. You know, the big clubhouse. Uh, and our protagonist says, well, I am the guildmaster, so maintaining the guild is the guildmaster's job. So obviously he has a lot of pride and passion here. And then his buddy, Hero Hero San, he says, you know, look, buddy, I'm super tired, so I just got to log out. I, I wanted to stay to the end, but I, I got to go. Our bony protagonist, he's like, yeah, no, no worries. You, I, you, you go get some rest, buddy. I'm really sorry. Uh, and then even the buddy's like, I hope to see you in Yggdrasil 2. So there's Yggdrasil 2 coming. It's not so bad. Uh, anyway, see you again sometime. Logs out. Uh, and this is where our protagonist says, when and where exactly are we going to meet? Don't mess around with me. He slams the table down. So he was all polite, but it's clear that when, you know, when nobody else is around, uh, he does have a lot of emotions pent up about the, this ending of this Yggdrasil. Uh, didn't we build the great tomb of Nazarick together? How can you abandon it all so easily? Oh no. So obviously a lot of, a lot of, you know, emotions here that he has for this Club Penguin game. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no shade. I mean, no shade. But, you know, I, I don't really get it. He's walking around the the tomb of Nazarick and he's looking at, at everybody. And this kind of gets me because he's seeing not just like, okay, the cool game, but he's seeing all the hard work and the effort that the guild mates, his, his buddies put into this. Uh, this little guild here, the staff of Ains Ul Gaon, 
that was something that a bunch of them uh, made as an elite weapon, and it took they even took off sick days to make it, so it must have been a big ordeal. And he's just looking, and he takes it, and he's like, well, I might as well walk around with this uh, as we like, enter the final moments. And he's, he's it's, the, it's the swan song, you know, it's the victory lap. And he's just looking around, and he's thinking, look, there's all the maids that one of the one of the guys made, one of the players, uh, all so obsessed with the details. And he's just walking around, and then he sees all the, the butler staff, everything. The butler, Seabass, Seabass, and the combat maids. Big, big focus on maids. This guy has a very, one of those players really had the maid mentality. So yeah, he's just reminiscent, walking around, and he's like, oh jeez. And then he tells them all to follow me. These are all NPCs, non-playable characters. Uh, so all, none of, none of his actual guild, none of his guild members are actually here. It's just all the NPCs that the guild masters end up making. Uh, because we will find out actually as we walk in, and this is another touching moment here. Uh, all the different NPCs in this guild, uh, in, including Seabass, the butler, uh, and a bunch of these dudes that we're about to meet, they were all made by different players. Uh, so like it's it's like a piece of all of the players have been left, even though uh, our bony protagonist here is the last man standing. Really, they were with him all along. And he didn't even notice. The real friends were all the NPCs that we met along the way, I suppose. Oh my goodness. There's a piece of them, those players, in all of these guys. And that's nice. And we see one of the girls here, uh, Alabedo. Alabedo, she's like boss lady of all the guards and stuff. We'll get the descriptions later. Don't worry. Uh, but one of the, one of the other players designed her, gave her a big bio, a very, <laughs> Very uh, long here. I'm not going to be reading all this. And our protagonist is reading it, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know about that." And then he says, "This girl, Al- Alabedo. It turns out she is in love with Momonga. This is the name of our protagonist, Momonga. That is who our our bony looking dude is behind the scenes in the in in the VR. This is Momonga." And this Albedo is in love with Momonga. He did a little, he did a little script writings. He did a little editing here. The script doctor. Oh my goodness. Um, because he's like, well, you know, the guy who made him isn't playing anymore. So, so I'll just do this little edit battle thing. I mean, the game is about to end now. It's the last day. So I'll just have a little fun. So he does that. Then he sits in the big throne room and he's kind of just watching the clock tick down. He's like, this is it. Momonga's like saying his last goodbyes really and he's thinking about all the different players that he met and all their different crests one of the players is called touch me uh but <laughs> the way that the and you, I didn't realize this until like halfway through the volume the way that uh Momonga here is saying it it doesn't sound like he's talking about players at first it sounds like he's just saying touch me out of nowhere which is quite uh abrupt I don't know but we did see all the other all the different players bubbling. Teapot, Hero, Hero. We met him at the start. All the different players and all their crests. And he's just reminiscent. And and him, Momonga. There's his crest. Oh, jeez. Big feels. And then it's nearly midnight. The game's nearly up. And then a single tear rolling down Momonga's face. Oh, jeez. It was so much fun. But it's all over now. Or is it? Dun, dun. Midnight. One, one minute. One second past midnight. And then, oh. Eyes open, game's still playing. What's going on? Uh, Momonga looks up, and he is still 
our bony protagonist here. Everybody's still there. All the uh, Albedo and Seabass, uh, the butler, they're, they're all hanging out. And he's like, what's going on? And he tries opening up the menus. And he's like, I can't open up the menu. Something's going, something's going on. It's pretty weird. The server should be down by now, right? Suddenly, Albedo turns around and she's like, Mamanga-sama? And he, <laughs> he just looks at her and he's like, what the heck? What is the NPC doing talking to me like this? This is weird. What in the world? And then he tries to call his guild members. That's not working either. The call function isn't working. He doesn't understand why. Because even Albedo, she's like, well, what's what's this guild master call? What's that? And he doesn't understand that he's having a conversation with these NPCs. It's so weird. And then Seabash comes in uh, and he's looking very serious. And Mamanga's thinking, geez, these, all have, these guys all have real expressions now. What well, this is like they're alive. It's like we're in the game. It's like Club Penguin has come to life here. Oh no. And straight away, I thought this was interesting. Considering it is quite an abnormal situation, he has become the Club Penguin here. But he's, he takes it all in his stride, Momongasan. He's telling Seabass, take one of the Pleiades and leave the tomb to confirm our surroundings. Uh, he wants to see what's going on outside. He wants to, you know, confirm the situation. Uh, and he's like, okay, for my next move, if I can't contact the guild members, maybe I should try using a message spell. And then he's like, oh, spells, magic. Am I even able to use magic like I am in the game? You know, this, this, is this still Yggdrasil? Is this still Club Penguin? What's going on? And then Albedo chimes in, Momongasama, what may I do for you? So she's interested in helping out. And this is where it gets a little bit dodgy, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> because Mamanga says, oh, you can uh, come right here. And then he says, I'm going to touch you. Uh, uh-oh. And then he grabs her. He's Now, this is on Front Street. He's just checking to see if uh, she has a pulse. That's okay. And then he's trying to figure out the next step here. He goes, okay, Albedo, can I touch your chest? And she just looks at him. And he's just thinking, oh, you don't mind, really? I mean, this this isn't sexual harassment. This is okay. This is just a game. Uh, still a bit dodgy. The reason why he's doing all this is because he wants to see, like, the game, Yggdrasil, you can't do anything R-rated. Like, you know, touching other people's chest and that type of weird stuff. So he wants to see if he is still in the game by doing this. Now, there's lots of ways that he could check this without just groping this this NPC girl here. Um, you know, you could ask, hey, hey, Albedo, why don't you use some profanity? You can't say the naughty words in the games. And then when she says something naughty, bad a big word business. You know, but uh, this is just this is just a fan service really uh excuse. Uh you know, not really my cup of tea. But he's 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 figuring out that okay, well if he can do this, then okay, he's not in this game, Yigdrazzle, because you can't do that, Yigdrazzle. Something's up, something's crazy, something's happened in here. Oh no, what it is. Oh jeez. But Mamangasaba it turns out she she wasn't so annoyed by this. In fact, she is, she's delighted. She's like, "Oh, here it is, my first time," and she's so excited. I do like the kind the shocked skeleton expression you get from Mamonga here, uh, as he kind of uh, he's re understanding the ramifications of what he's done because in rewriting Albedo to be in love with him, Mamonga Sama, uh, he is kind of you know. <laughs> 
he's kind of, he's, he's created his own like little little harem here of one uh, because this this girl can't get enough of him. He said, "Will I take off my clothes, or will you take off my clothes?" I mean, I let's do whatever way you want to do it. Uh, and this is kind of shocking, Momonga Sama. And he's like, "No way! Uh, step down! I'll better stop it right now. We don't have time for none of that hanky panky shenanigans." Oh, jeez! And then she's like, "Oh, my humble apologies. I shouldn't have prioritized my desires when we were having an emergency." Oh no! Uh, and then he instructs her to contact the floor guardians. We'll get a load of them in a minute. Oh my goodness. And tell them to gather in amphitheater. Amphitheater. Amphitheater room on the sixth level. All these big fancy words. Wow. Yes, my lord. So she's away. And he's just thinking, oh my goodness. This is when I edited her personality bio. She's in love with my manga. I have defiled the NPC that Tabula San created this other player. He's he's done him dirty by uh, by doing this. But I mean, that guy didn't even log on. So, uh, you know, no fuss, no fuss, I suppose. There's no time to worry about that, he says. And he's he looks, he has this ring that he could use to teleport freely between the levels in the game, the fast traveling, uh, you know, that type of stuff. But he's able to use that to get into the courtyard. And then we see some of these floor guardians start to show up. And this is, <laughs> this is the start of like, strap yourselves in. Cause it's gotta be like a new character every page. I can hardly keep up. First of all, we have Aura here. This little charming little goofball, um, like elf dude. I think, I don't know if it's a dude. Him and his, his like twin here. Uh, I can't tell if they're, they're guys or girls. They're just little elf kids. Um, and they're, they're playing around and they're like, oh, having fun. One of them's really shy. One of them's a real go-getter. You know, it's, it's Aura and Mare. Uh, and these were two NPCs created by Teapot Sama, one of the players. And Mamanga here has summoned them because he wants to test his might. He wants to get going with the magic from the staff. Uh, the staff of Ains Ul Gown. He wants to see if he's got the magic abilities that he did in the game. Uh, so he, he wants them to get the training ready. He wants to get the, the, the training test puppet so he can try out his fireball spell, which is a pretty cool page. He gets them all toasty, crispy fried. Uh, and he's realizing that the magic spells are just like the spells that he can do in Yggdrasil. Uh, and he's pretty good at those spells in Yggdrasil. So he's pretty strong here. Pretty Overlord-esque here, you might say. Oh, jeez. And then he's like, well, if I can use the magic spells, I can use the message spell. So he tries that. Doesn't work. No replies from any of the guild mates. He is alone. He is flying solo here in the weird Club Penguin reality. Oh, jeez. Then he contacts the butler, Sebas. Sebas. Yes, Mamangasama, what is it? And then he wants to know what's going on outside the, the castle, the fort, outside the great tomb of Nazareth. He wants to see what's going on. Because originally it was surrounded by poisonous bogs. Real, <laughs> real lovely looking place. Uh, from this panel, there's like little goblins and everything and bubbly lakes. Oh, jeez. Uh, but Siba says, oh, we're on a grassy plain. Yeah, and there's no sign of any man-made buildings or anything like that. No sign of intelligent life in the whole area. It's just us. They're just in a big field. And this surprises Mamonga. This is not like what it was like in Yggdrasil. There's something crazy going on. So you've got 
some elements that are similar. You've got all the characters, the NPCs. You've got the magic, but others that are pretty different. Like, you know, can't contact guild members. The location, completely different. So something's going on. It's a bit weird. But anyway, he's still remarkably quite unshaken with this whole mystery. He's like, well, I got the big staff. I might as well test my powers. He does a big demon monster here. Uh, Amare and Aura, they think it's pretty cool. Uh, and then they, they get slicing and dicing. Oh, my goodness. And then he decides, okay, I have all these powers from Yggdrasil, but I'm going to use them to figure out what's going on, gather information from this strange new world. But if this is some other world, should I try to go back to mine? He thinks. He's like, oh, jeez, my life was Club Penguin. Without the Club Penguin, I, I didn't have the families. I didn't have the friends. Didn't have the lovers. I mean, he's got one right here. Thanks to his little script doctor in Alberto. Can't get enough of this guy. So he's got it all here in Club Penguin. And he doesn't have it in the real world. So, you know, like, it's a crisis of conscience here. Oh, jeez. Is there any point in going back to such a world? So it's slice and dice the little kiddywinkies. Get rid of that demon. Pretty sharpish. And he's like, magnificent. Bada bing. And then we get yet another of these new characters get introduced. This is Great Tomb of Nazareth, Guardian of the First, Second, and Third Levels. Steady on, lady. True Vampire Shaltier. And she's all dressed up in her, like, Victorian gear here. This is another NPC that was created by one of the guild members. And it, guess what? It's another girl who's got the hots for Momonga. Oh, you can't believe it. They, they, we've never seen this before. And she's like, oh, you are the sole being I cannot conquer. I'm the one I love. It turns out there is some, uh, some sibling rivalry drama here going on with the, with the little elf kids. They're like saying, oh, Miss Fake Boobs, why, why, why are you doing? You don't got the real boobs. They're all bizarrely poofy. They're, they're, they're all padded and, uh, she gets all embarrassed. Um, and then this Momonga realizes that the reason why they are, uh, having this little spat like that is because they were created, the, the players that created them were siblings. So there's a little bit of that sibling banter and, and arguing going on in, in their creations as well, which is nice. This is more of the idea. This is some stuff I can get behind. There's like an interesting concept here. Between all the weird groping and the, and the everybody loving him and all this weird stuff. Um, like, I love the idea that the players live on in their creations. I think that's very interesting. But they start, you know, getting all looty tunes here, uh, fighting it up. Uh, and Momonga breaks it up. But then another dude comes in. <laughs> Great Tomb of Nazareth, guardian of the fifth level, sovereign of the frozen river, Kokitos. Kokitos. And uh, he looks like some big, like, praying mantis looking armored robot dude here. He's looking pretty, pretty slick. I don't know if it's a robot, but he's looking pretty slick nonetheless. This is a fantasy. He's pretty cool. And he's like, stop, stop being so disrespectful. You amuse yourselves too much before a supreme being. This Momonga-san is supreme being. And then Momonga's like, yeah, what he said. Uh, stop playing around. All that. And it looks like suddenly the whole guy, the guy's all here. Oh, jeez, the name tags just keep on coming. This demon-looking dude shows up. Great Tomb of Nazareth, Guardian of the Seventh Level, Creator of the Inferno, Demiurge. Bada-bing. Sorry to keep you all waiting, he says. He's got this. He's got the spiky spectacles. Ooh-la-la. La. 
and Albedo is here as well. Uh, and she says, now then, let's perform the Ritual of Allegiance. And all the different guardians of the, of the different levels are here. Guardian of the first, second, and third levels, Shaltir. We've met her before. Guardian of the fifth level, Kokitus. We've met him. Guardian of the sixth level, Aura Bella Fiora. And their brother or sister, Guardian of the same, Mare Belle Fiore, they both guard the 6th level. Guardian of the 7th level, Demiurge. Uh, and Captain of the Floor, Guardians Albedo. That is a splash page of a bunch of characters that just got introduced like 2 seconds ago. Give me a break. Jeez. And they all say, I bow before you, O Supreme One. Oh my goodness. They're all, uh, you know, swearing their loyalty. Accepting Guardian of the 4th level, Gargantua. And Guardian of the 8th level, Victim. There's more. There's more. There's more. The floor guardians have gathered to prostrate ourselves before you and the supreme one. They are all swearing their allegiance. They are all loyal. We offer our complete devotion to you. And this is when Mamonga Revelation Station. He's thinking, wow, Club Penguin ain't over yet. Look at this. This is no relic of the past. Everyone is here. The fruit of everyone's efforts. All the players that he was friends with, they all live on in these little NPC creations. Pretty cool. Even if he ended up like editing one of them completely to be his wife, which is a bit weird. Uh, everybody's here now. Guardians, I believe you understand my aims and are capable of accomplishing them without error. And then he's uh, to end things up, to wrap things up, he's closing with his internal thinking, with his internal monologue. A few days ago, I was flung into another world. I came into the Club Penguins and became a dead person. Technically speaking, though, I'm not dead, but an overlord, ruler of death, which is interesting, as in, I think what they're implying now is that he rules the the memories of all his friends, maybe, and he is overlord of all that, the ruler of death, because... He, we don't, there's a lot of things we don't know. We don't know if Mamangasan is dead in real life. Usually that happens a lot in these guys. You know, you're reincarnated in another place as the best baker in town. Uh, so is he dead? Like, what's going, is, is everybody, is, is the game gone now or is it still going on? A lot of questions here. Um, but I can't say I'm too compelled <laughs> to, to try and find out, to be honest. Let's get into it. I mean, like, we, we, we go through it, and I suppose it's a solid, it's a solid enough chapter in terms of character introduction, perhaps. It, it certainly does a good job of introducing characters. The problem is, it's just that there's so many, you know? Like, we have that splash page of all these guys, and I barely know what, some of them get like two lines, and then we're like, okay, here's the whole team, which is just an awful lot. It's like, imagine if you were reading a sports manga, and they shoved the whole team right in front of you. You're like, whoa, whoa, slow it down, buddy. I, I barely know who who <laughs> the pitcher is if we're doing baseballs. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just a whole lot to take in. And this is on top of the general concept of Club Penguin Eternal, you know? Like, there's a lot to take in here. And you're left with uh, more questions than answers, really. Uh, and it, it, it's just a bit confusing. You know, maybe the, if you're more used to the Isekai stuff, uh, this kind of thing is, you know, par for the course, perhaps. Uh, but really, like, we see, okay, we see the little, the, the, the kitties, the, the mare and the aura. They have a bit of fun fighting. 
but everybody else we get all we get from Albedo is sexual harassment. All we get from Demon Glasses dude is him looking a bit shifty. All we get from Seabass is him looking at a field. Like there's <laughs> there's not much, you know, like this is and this is not a short chapter either. Like this is we're looking here what? We're looking at sixty one pages. A lot of grounds covered, but when you finish it all you just feel kind of empty, you know? Like, I don't feel like I had a good connection, even with my manga, even with our protagonist. It would be interesting if he was like, oh, jeez, I'm supposed to have work tomorrow. I can't be on Eternal Club Penguin like this. But he used to, he just takes it all in his stride. He's like, okay, I'm going to do some magic now, I suppose. Which, it just it just rings a little untrue. It just feels kind of funny. Like, I know this is a power fantasy, but... It just feels unrealistic, you know. You think that he would be a little, at least a little bit worried, uh, but maybe apparently not. I don't know. <laughs> you see, it just kind of throws me off the whole thing, you know. Uh, I read the rest of the volume, and uh, I mean, it's all right. Like we do have a bit of action. Another thing, well, there's not really much action going on here. It's just a, a lot of talking, uh, but we do get some more action throughout the volume. Uh, we do see Momonga stepping up. He kind of he, he takes the name of the guild and he's going to try and find more of his guild members. That's the end goal. But you don't really figure that out until like chapter two or three. You know what I mean? Like there's no like in terms of a setup here, there's not much of like the big, the grand plan, the grand scheme of things. It's just here's the team and they're loyal to you. Let's go, I suppose. So that, you know. If you're not immediately connected with this this whole MMO, DMMO. Uh, like play forever. Like some of that resonates, and I think I think the core, I think the idea of the the characters, the NPCs coming to life and it like kind of embodying all the guild members. I thought that was a clever little concept. But in terms of like the big picture, the big scheme of things, nothing here really grabbing me uh, to keep on going. Uh, so a bit underwhelming. I think I I go with maybe like a seven. I could go like six point five seven. Really, I've heard that the anime for this is very good. Uh, the light novel apparently also good. So maybe if you want to experience Club Penguin Eternal for yourself, maybe that's the way to go. Uh, but this first chapter of the manga didn't grab me. Uh, ironic, I suppose, that we're recommending it. But, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. They can't all be 10 out of 10s. Uh, and this one certainly wasn't. Bad and big. <laughs> oh, jeez. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Thank you for listening to Luke's like that, read this on the Weird Science Manga Podcast. Now, you got to do three things before you go, before I let you go. Number one, head on over to at Weird Manga on the Twitters and follow us, and we will follow you back. That is the Weird Science way of doing business. And it is, of course, your one-stop shop for all the latest and greatest manga news. Oh, boy. Uh, number two, while you're at it, you will notice that on the Twitter, we have a link to our weirdsciencemanga at gmail.com email address, and through that, you can send us all of your questions and your queries. Uh, you will read them all out as we do. You send us in your top sevens, send in your requests, and you might get added to the Manga Monday recommendation list. Oh my goodness. And last of all, last but not least, check out the Weird Science Manga Podcast Patreon, where you can get access to the full Manga Monday experience. 14 early access episodes with new episodes added every week. For your listening pleasure, it is just that easy. But I want to thank everybody for listening and to stay tuned to the Weird Science Manga Podcast for more manga goodness.